Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Casting Crank Podcast. Today we have Tom White Jr. Tom uh, gives us a breakdown on his whole FLW uh, trip he took up to Clear Lake. He also tells us about his career from bass backwards to being the captain of the freelance. Uh, one bass, all kinds of good stuff. Great dude. Thanks for coming on again, Tom. Check him out. I, I think it's uh, Tom White Jr. on Facebook. He says it. And then on Instagram, I think it's Big Tom. I'm not sure. You, I'm sure you guys can find it, and he says it at the end of the podcast, so I, whatever. But uh, thanks again, Tom. Thank you to Marita Gaffs for sponsoring the Patreon this month. Our winner was Mike Lane. I put it up on Instagram, and I'll have to put it up on the Patreon, so that way you guys know who won. Also, uh, thank you to our Patreon sponsor for November. That is Okuma. Okuma was uh, very generous and donated a Kavala 12-2 reel two-speed reel they just came out with great reel super nice uh tolerances are awesome i've I've had it in my hands and played around with it so hopefully one of these days i can go ahead and and buy one and uh, try it out but they are donating that for the patreon thank you again to okuma please check out their instagram and uh if you haven't go grab one of these reels from local tackle shop appreciate that and that's it. We'll have on Thursday will be Durant Fish Products. They make uh, real seats and some jigs. And we're kind of all over the place with guests. I got a lot of things lined up. And December should be another good month. So hopefully all this comes through. And uh, that's about it, guys. If you can do me a favor, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Uh, leave a review, a positive review. I'd appreciate that. And listen to this piece from my buddy Fred Clinchaw. Uh, one of the top freshwater guides in Southern California. He does three lakes now. And if you mention Cast and Crank, you'll get a discount. So to listen to this piece from Fred, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Fred Clinshaw Fishing of Southern California is offering custom-guided bass fishing trips for that first-time fishing experience to the seasoned professional tournament angler and everything in between. Spend a half full day or a custom trip catered to your needs aboard one of the two fully rigged high performance bass boats with learning techniques used by the top pros to find fish and become more successful in catching them. Fred Clinshaw is ready 365 days a year and will professionally take you fishing. Uh, Bring a friend, the family, or bring the whole group of guys with you. Fred is now guiding trips on Castaic and Casitas, two of Southern California's world-famous bass fisheries. Call or text him at 805-630-0160. Follow him on Instagram, my boy the hammer, the hammer of fury on Instagram, 
or you can check out his website, www.fredclinshawfishing.com. Now, here's where the deal happened. If you mention Cast and Crank, you're going to get a deal on a half or a full day trip. Um, I'm a little biased with this guy. I'm sorry. This is my boy. Freshwater wise, I, I got to say, you got to go to him. And uh, not only, you know, is he an amazing fisherman, he's, I don't like using the, the, the word, uh, he's a salt of the earth, but that, that's what he is. Uh, he's, a, he's an amazing guy, nice guy, never make you feel fucking stupid. Um, book with him, man. He supports the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, go book with Fred. And just tell him, hey, Cast and Crank sent you. You guys will get a discount code. You're going to help both of us. And uh, that's about it, man. So, again, go check him out, fredclinshawfishing.com or 805-630-0160. Uh, welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Tom White Jr., right? You're a junior? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you bigger than your dad? No, my dad's actually like five foot seven, five foot eight. Oh, damn. Yeah. Is your mom tall? She's tall. Mom's uh, kind of more the tall and skinny type. My dad's like the short and stocky. Yeah. And, yeah here I am. So, is, yeah. your, is his brothers tall? Anyone tall? Uh, mom's side. Really? Mom's okay. side. They're all tall and skinny. Yeah. Dad, dad's side is he you know yeah yeah the short and stocky <laughs> that's so. how i am my my son's he's uh like 511 510 but i'm 5'9 he's he's barely 16 yeah so i'm sure he's gonna sprout up oh yeah <laughs> yeah you know the joke is like you know what 80s mailman did do we have coming around back then you know? so, <laughs> the milkman yeah. dude yeah for sure it's that's that's always a joke especially when, when we go fish together and whatever and whatever else you know it's like you know that's that's not your son. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Who's your partner? Oh, my son. It's like, what? Where'd he come from? You know? Like, yeah. So you, uh, I was turned on to you by my uncle, Jim. Yeah. So you fished with uh, Scott Pethall. Yeah. Yeah. And you fished with uh, uh, Matt Cobbsef too? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. They, they live down the street from me. It's awesome. Oh, do they? Yeah. And they're, yeah. they're in like Huntington area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's my uncle's like, uh, he named them too. And he's like, oh, you got to get Tom White Jr. on. He's yeah. really good. So you were fishing bass backwards? Yeah, man. That's kind of where um, I, we all got our start, I mm-hmm. guess, was bass backwards. Jim Trujillo, Henry, Henry Byler, got the, uh, Ron Bueller with hot sauce. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, you know d- d- just a great time. I, you know, uh, part-time tournament part- partner now, Monis, um, you know, so. Yeah, my uncle's yeah. mentioned him as well. Like, yeah. you knew Monis, yeah, from, from back in the days. He's really good. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how old were you when you started fishing the club? Man, I think my dad got me in there when I was like nine or ten. Oh shit! Yeah, um, you know, so it. My dad was never originally a, a freshwater guy. You know, that's not how this whole thing started. Um, he started doing the whole sport boat, half day, three quarter day, full day. Worked his way up to you know at, when he was like in his early twenties. Um, you know, to like a five and eight day stuff and in that nature. And then I came, my sister came along, and then I came along, and. Um, you know, I obviously being, you know, a toddler or how, you know, super young, we couldn't really do the whole saltwater thing right then and there. So, you know, he had a, uh, man, I think it was like a 1970, 1968 Glastron, you know, he, <laughs> he converted it, you know, he had a troll motor up front that he got done from Angus Marine when they were in Santa Ana, you know, mm-hmm. um, just making it work, you know, we'd go to, I mean, he'd fish, I think in the break wall, you know, um, you know, he was still in his, you know, early or mid to late 20s you know and uh just making it work and 
doing the fresh and salt when we could. And uh, yeah, then slowly kind of trickled into the bass backwards when I was a little bit, when I was a little bit older. So like eight, about nine, ten years old. Were you? Uh, did you have the bug when you were that little? Like, were you like, I love this. This is what I want to do. Yeah, man. I, I mean, it, it's. Um, I remember being a kid, like when growing up in Huntington, and you know those little push button little Zepco reels. And those uh, those yellow uh, rubber like you know stoppers that you throw you know like to practice with yeah you know, I, I was like three four years old in the front yard practicing and just throw <laughs> this heaving that thing across the street you know and um, it's always just been there you know I don't really know what I don't know what it what, what it really is but it's it's fishing you know yeah so. yeah I mean it's it's uh, it's cool to hear from see you so I've I'm following on Instagram but you do everything you don't just uh, freshwater fish. Yeah. So you go out and change, chase the bluefin, mm-hmm. everything, yeah. And you yeah. grew up, you and your dad still did that the whole time you guys were freshwater fishing, a lot of salt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, it's both. And I think that's kind of what might trip some guys out, you know, is, uh, you know, um, you know, really salt water is where, it, it, you know, on the way here I was kind of thinking about it, it's really intertwined, more so than than what uh guys will probably think but um yeah so the way it kind of worked out was uh when i was like eight nine ten years old eleven years old twelve years old we were in bass Ackwards, jim trujillo you're fishing those guys fishing all the southern california lakes san diego like a steak to uh doing like the two-day stuff at mcclure and central central valley up there we, we did all that and um so my buddy monis who i fish with now and we just we fished with this past weekend together um, you know, my dad's like, Hey, you know, he works on a, on a sport fishing boat. It's, mm-hmm. it's called the freelance, you know, it's out of Newport. I didn't really know much about it. You know, we back then weren't doing a whole lot of salt, you know, it was more of the fresh, you know, I was a kid, you know, that's what we were just doing. Uh, Irvine Lake, Lake Paris, whatever it might be, you know? And I'm like, okay, you know, um, I really didn't know, didn't know much about it. And so he used to work every Wednesday night on twilights and, you know, summertime I went out with him. One, you know, this is back when the sand bass were rolling. You know, how old are you? You don't want to ask me right now. Yeah, uh, thirty-three. So you're a little older. You're not. You're not too young. So I mean, you've been around it for a minute. Yeah. So that's why I want to know. Okay, yeah. this, the where your timeline is. Yeah. You know, so yeah. the sand bass were going off at this time. Yeah. You know, that's back when the flats were going full mm-hmm. speed. You know, you're catching three, four, five hundred sand bass a night plus wow. some some barracuda. So we, we we went out. I went out with with him. You know, and it was a a whole new world. I couldn't believe it. You know, we, I left my house, drove down the landing with him. Um, that night we busted him. I mean, the boat had like four or 500 sand bass. It was like wow. mid July. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever, you know? And that was, uh, you know, still to this day, a pretty big turning point because I, I think I was 11 when I went out with him and did that. And so from 11, 12 and 13, um, I was a pretty much a pinhead on the freelance sport fishing vessel out of Newport oh, no beach. Way. And so, you know, and I could not get enough of it, you know? So, so during the, and this kind of how it is still, but, um, but during the wintertime, spring, whatever else I'm bass fishing summertime, you know, it gets hot around here. Tournaments turn into five hour formats and, or now they do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I'm out on the sport fishing boat. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I can go out anytime I wanted, uh, for free um clean up the boat you know help the guys and you know back when i was 13 i was still like this tall wasn't as thick <laughs> wasn't as wasn't as thick, so they thought you, you were know? a grown-ass man for <laughs> yeah you know it wasn't this like thick licious you know but um so you know no one really questioned anything and so 
one time I was like 13 and I'm, you know, I'm like six foot two and, uh, some of the crew didn't show up. Something happened. He's just, you know, whatever. That's how I got thrown in there as being a deckhand. Um, so the next night, well, actually not like coming here in September, I went to my, you know, my local like, guidance counselor or something. I got a work permit. I told them I was 16. They didn't, you know. Well, you went to your guidance counselor at school? I went to, I went to whoever gives you the work permits. And you said you're 13. I, I told them I was 16. I mean, 16. Yeah. <laughs> I told them I was only, I was a freshman or a freshman in high school. Yeah, okay. And like, oh, are you 16? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they gave me the work permit. I took it down there to them. They're like, okay, you know, all right. Signed off on it. And that's when I started decanting. So from, uh, yeah, from like later part of 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, all the way through high school, um, I was a deckhand on that boat for a lot of years. Wow. Yeah. And, so you, uh, you cut, I mean, um, you got a different background because you have the salt and the, uh, fresh. What do you think that played into your tournament? Like fishing? What do you, what do you think that's yeah. done for you tournament wise? Like yeah. made you think different? Like what, what, tell me what you think. Yeah. Um, it really didn't start start clicking um probably until i got my captain's license i got my license when i was 19 i started driving the boat but that told me how to you know a lot of trial and error a lot of trial and error especially so you're driving the, yeah, what boat were you driving the freelance you yeah. ran the freelance when you were yeah. 19 yeah i was 19 wow. yeah and i mean a lot of trial and error and how and what that really kind of like kind of comes into is how to set up on spots how to read current the winds what's the tides doing um, you know, certain areas I'll, I'll only fish on a south swell or south wind, you know, certain areas I'll, I'll only do this or that, you know. So, um, and when I really started getting heavy into the tournament format, bass fishing, I started, it took, it, it took me a second, but I'm like, you know, you know, there's certain areas like, like a San Vicente, right? There's only certain points I'll fish during a certain wind and it's, maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe it's, it, maybe it's whatever, but the one thing I gathered from running the boats, and I still do that from time to time now, is that uh, fish will set up a certain way mm-hmm. you know, during the wind and current. Um, you know, if it's slot calm, slot tide, you know, nothing's going on, no conditions. I was like, great, man, I got nothing. It's just hard, you know. Yeah. But like maybe like later on in the afternoons, especially during a tournament, you know, I'll I'll wait for the winds to get right, you know, to go set up on a certain spot because a fish will get will set up a certain way, and I can. You know, if they're suspended in the post-spawn, uh, even springtime, you know, pre-spawners, whatever it might be, you know, like it's just trying to think a little bit outside the box and bring it all, all together. So you think that, uh, other people fish or think like the same way. Some of the guys, like where you're going up onto a spot and they're like, Oh, he's got the same idea. Or do you think that's giving you a little bit of an edge? Just knowing that uh, you, or you know, can't really tell. I think more more than anything, more than anything, it's just time on the water. Yeah. Time on the water, whether it's salt, fresh, you know, like it's, you are hunting. You are a hunter trying to catch, capture something, mm-hmm. you know. I've actually never been like big game hunting. I'm not, it's just not how we grew up. But fishing wise, you know, I try to have the same mentality. So, um, you know, maybe um, that's kind of how I've been looking at the past couple of years and trying to tie it all in together. And of course I've bass fished my whole life throughout the winter time and spring and, and some summer as well. But, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So you, from uh 19, you, uh, how long did you run the boat for? Um, nights, I mean, full, I was pretty full time there from like 19 to like 24, 25. That's a long time then. Yeah, and I spent some, I moved out to uh, Texas for a couple of years, uh, for about two years, um, 
you know, fished out there and learned how to hydrilla fish and grass fish and did that whole kind of thing, you know. So I came back and I'll still run the boat here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not as much as I used to, you know, given that, you know, full time positions, but, um, you know, if I'll fill in a, a twilight or a three quarter day here and there, maybe like once a week, maybe once every other week when the guys need help. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so then the, the, uh, bass, did you take a step away or were you still fishing tournaments the whole time you're, you're running the boat? No, I, I still fish. Wow. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, it's, that's what's kind of nice about, um, you know, the, the sport fishing boat was like, it, it's summertime, you know, and a lot of the tournament trails, whether it's like American bass or national bass around here or whoever's ho- hosting the, the, the tournaments, FLW, it's the majority of them end in like June, you know, or, you know, around there, of course there's night tournaments and things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's, what's great. It's just like, you know, the love and the passion I have for both sides of it. It's, they're totally different, mm-hmm. but if you kind of take a step back and you take a few pieces from both sides of the spectrum and you can bring it together. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when did you start fishing like the ABA and, and uh, stuff like that? Are the opened? Um, you know, I started doing like, like, like the regional stuff, uh, like the diamond tournaments, Paris tournaments, mm-hmm. uh, San, San Diego lakes and stuff like that. Probably, um, 2012 around 2012 2013 so you did not that long really i mean if you've been doing the bass aqua thing forever so it's kind of you were used to the whole format you were used to doing everything already the pressure i'm sure yeah you know um it's just about growing you know the Mm -hmm. bass aquas it it was uh you know of course as being a little kid fishing in the back um i probably we probably stopped fishing in aquas when i was when I was probably like four, 14, 15, my dad kept doing it, you mm-hmm. know, but the salt thing really took, took me over. And I, I, you know, I love that. And every now and then I'd go back and fish a tournament with, with, with those guys, you know, mm-hmm. and my dad would be fishing with, uh, his buddy, his buddy, Ed, uh, the American bass and national bass tournaments and stuff like that. And, um, you know, unfortunately Ed, Ed passed away some, some years ago mm-hmm. and I started fishing with, with, in those tournaments around, uh, 12, 13. With your dad? Yeah. You think you're better than your dad? Uh, I think now, now maybe. <laughs> maybe. Hey, don't say that too maybe. loud. He I might come know. and get you. I'll, I'll, I'll never, I'll never, I'll never say nothing. I, I owe a lot hey, to that he's dude. five seven a fury, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, he'll he'll tell you what's up. Yeah. Um, do you credit like most of everything you learned from your dad? Of course, oh, right? a yeah. lot of it. One hundred percent. Is there a certain technique that you have that your dad's signature thing that he showed you? I think my dad is one of the best uh, finesse guys out there. You know, it might just be a product of like where we're from. You know, being high. You know, does your dad like drop shot? Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like so. My uncle, that's what he showed me, and I learned. I love. I drop shot a lot when I can't get bit. Mm -hmm. But he showed me that, and I feel like that era maybe like of. Yeah. You know, they they just drop shot. Even uh, you know, uh, Curry's. You know, John Curry Mm -hmm. said the same thing about his uncle, like drop shot. You know, like that's just maybe there thing that they have really good you know what i'm saying well i i think i think it kind of kind of comes to where what where we live you know um and this is the region that we fish in you know we yeah. have these deep clear reservoirs and you know you know they're not that big you gotta trick them light line um you know i, I think that kind of comes down to to that you know and you know that's kind of what intrigued me the past uh, six, seven years about the central lakes in Northern California. You know, I'd see, you know, like I, I love drop shotting the whole finesse game, but like, uh, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good at it, but, um, 
you know, it was a different styles of fishing that I haven't experienced yet. You know, in Delta, you're flipping, you're gyrobating, you're throwing a whopper plopper, you know, clear like you're doing everything, you know. Um, so, but yeah, I think Southern California, uh, you have the you have the option to become a really good uh, drop shot. Your drop shot or finesse guy, you know, Nico rig, uh, yeah. you know, whatever else. So. Did you move uh, to Texas just to learn a couple things? No. Or did you move there just to like try something new? Just trying something new. Okay. Uh, I was out of college, you know, uh, trying something new. And we lived just outside of Austin. And, and uh, so I got the opportunity to fish uh, Lake Austin, caught my biggest bass out of there actually uh, on a drop shot. How big? Nine fourteen. What size line? Six pound test. Oh shit, that must have been. It was an absolute battle. <laughs> absolute battle. I have three nines on six pound on six pound drop shot. Wow. And it's, it's crazy. But And that's yeah. the biggest you you uh fish you caught. Yeah, I got I got three or four nines. Okay. Just can't break that can't get there yet. I don't know. You think you yeah. need a swim bait to do it? Yeah, um yes and no. I, I think if you go down if you just narrow narrow the lane up a little bit, you go down that rabbit hole, you will catch your your personal best on a swim bait, at least a better your odds too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's just not the focus I have right now. So did you ever have the focus yeah. on swim bait fishing at all? Uh, or has it always kind of been just a tool and just kind of, it's to me, it's a tool. Okay. Um, you know, there are legend guy, legendary guys out there. You got butch and, uh, you know, Oliver and those guys, you know, just fantastic, uh, knowledge of swim bait fishing and the tricks and tips and things like that. And that's their passion. It seems like, you know, and, um, you know, I kind of come from a competitive background. I played baseball my whole life and I like to compete, you know, and, uh, that kind of goes back to running sport boats, being, trying to catch the most fish out of the fleet, you know, or fishing tournaments, you know, it's just that competitive thing that I like. And of course you can twist it and turn it however, uh, well, you know, fits your passion. But, uh, I think swim bait fishing is a tool. Um, and I think to catch your, your personal best, you will better your odds by throwing a, you know throwing a big bait though yeah um when you started your first uh regional series what was that the aba yeah uh yeah american well back then there was american bass english choice there's uh one bass um but now what we have left over here is american bass uh national bass west um and uh the english english marine uh, customer appreciation tournaments as well okay um uh, were you backseater at the beginning uh with with those tournaments it's uh, a team format okay you know so i I'd mainly fish with my dad um you know we just go as a team doesn't really matter um we both run the boat um but yeah that's kind of how those tournaments work though team okay. format so then when was your first step up from that my first step up with, from that was i really wanted to learn um uh, more about the central california lakes you know i i started kind of well kind of i'm gonna re, i'm gonna rewind it here a little mm-hmm. bit um so i, I went to uh, chico state up north or for, for college and it was you that play baseball there? i didn't play baseball there i got hurt my last year in high school oh, but sucks. i went up there to chico state just to get my degree um and it was that inception of college college fishing you know i think back then it was it was a national guard like 2008 9 10 11 oh you did the college fishing yeah. thing too okay yeah yeah so that was you know and, and that's that's a whole that is a whole story within itself right there. The college fishing days. I mean, just that's how this whole thing really got started to for you. Yeah. For me to really kind of, you know, keep maybe not right then and there, but eventually I wanted to go up to the higher level of of competitions. And so, um, yeah, it was the second year of the college, college fishing that, uh, I got in there 
you know? And so, um, yeah, the first season, um, you know, it was kind of a, kind of a funny thing. I remember walking down campus and I went to a bass club meeting, uh, in the fall and, you know, they're, they're not looking for guys, but looking for guys, you know, and a lot of those guys are, are Northern California dudes, you know, and they're great guys, but they are all friends and, they see this Orange County guy coming in there, you know, like, you, you know, you don't know, you know. Hey, hella. You, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, you know, um, who's this guy, you know, you, you, do, you know do you know how to fish? I'm like, yeah, I know how to fish, you know. And so it, it, wasn't, the, it wasn't the easiest experience trying to get into there. But, um, you know, so a few months, so actually probably like six months later, fast forward to May. I, I remember this. It was like May 2009. Um. I'm walking down the hallway and they call me like, Hey, we, we, you know, do you still want to join the bass club? I'm like, sure. Good to hear from you guys. You know, awesome. You know? And, um, okay, great. Um, well you can, you can, uh, you, you can join the team. There's two things. I'm like, all right. I'm on, I'm on my cell phone, like waiting to go into class. No drop shotting. No, I'm just kidding. And, uh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, what's going on? You know, and like, first thing you got to fish with the girl. And I'm like, not okay not a big deal i didn't know there was women on the bass team okay she's all and they're all like she's pretty good though like she outfishes her you know she's outfished her uh her her partners in the past at shasta and stuff like that i'm like cool i didn't care great sounds great you know Mm -hmm. uh her name's allison shaw she's she was a pretty pretty darn good partner there and i'm like okay what what's the second thing and it's it's a wednesday afternoon we leave Friday and we're going, and well, where's the, where's the tournament at Lake Mead? And we're in, we're up North hour and a half, two hours North of Sacramento. I'm like, I have none of my gear. I have nothing. You know, I'm like, all right, count me in, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, okay. You know? And I I still remember it. And so I had my dad, he overnighted all my stuff, you know, all my rods and reels. And I just went to the local tackle store near Orville and just picked up enough stuff. And we took off and we rented a motor home from Stockton it was a great, it was a great experience. All of us, uh, like all six of us drove in a motor home from Stockton all the way to Lake Mead. Dude, and how long did that take? It took forever and oh, we almost 60. ran out of gas twice. <laughs> and so we're doing like 30 on the freeway, trying not to run out of gas and you know, we don't have any money or anything. It was just one of those things, you know, did the a, school pay for everything? No, not everything. No. Um, we had like a stipend or you know, allowance, you know, but it wasn't one of those things. I remember rolling into Lake Mead, Caldwell Bay at like one in the morning, two in the morning, tournament starts up at five no sleep stoked to be there don't <laughs> care you're young you know yeah and we went fishing allison and i got fifth place and so how the how the format worked was quick question what yeah. did the other guys take uh they were right there they were like you know seventh you know but ninth. not fifth no and I, we were the highest place of, <laughs> of of our team at that point and uh, i was super happy we caught them on jigs um and uh i didn't quite really understand like the um like what now kind of thing. Okay, cool. We got fifth, you know, like, well, you qualified for regionals. I'm like, well, what's regional? I, I just wasn't, I wasn't up to date on it. And so the top 30 teams from the West coast go to regionals at Folsom Lake. And her and I, I, I mean, her and I took third there. At Folsom? At Folsom. Uh, does she still yeah. fish? I think so. I, I haven't talked to her in quite a few years, okay. but I know afterwards she spent a lot of time fishing and, and doing that. Um, I believe she's uh, somewhere in Southern California here. Okay. But, uh, I mean, we, we took third at Folsom, top five guys from regionals all across the country. Uh, you go to nationals, flew back to Kentucky Lake. Oh, wow. So the way this whole thing kind of came together, you know, um, you know, this is back when like, uh, you know, um, 
this whole thing was starting, you know, and like Justin Lucas was like the announcer, you know, he wasn't a full-time guy yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got to, when we flew back to, to, to uh, Kentucky Lake, you know, you got to see a whole new fishery, you know, a whole new idea of what the sport really is going from like the bass backwards day to drop shotting Lake Paris, going <laughs> to a, a, uh, you know, a Tennessee river chain, you know, like Kentucky Lake, you know, and, and doing that whole thing. It's just like, it, how much of a challenge was that? I mean, just, yeah. Have you never ever fished a body of water like that? No, I haven't, you know, and I remember I fished against uh, Jordan Lee and his brother. Wow. You know, Jordan's a two-time Bassmaster Classic yeah. champion, you know, his brother's a full-time, uh, you know, uh, MLF or elite guy, you know, and uh, Andrew Upshaw was, you know, he was, he was fishing that, so a lot of good guys, I might be missing some, came from the college fishing days, you know, and of course they had more experience on, on bodies of water like that. We didn't do that well in, in the actual tournament, but... The experience was insane, you know, and so the next year, uh, kind of a repeat, second at Shasta, uh, not with her, with my new partner, Frank, mm-hmm. uh, second at Shasta, moved over to Swaro Lake, C- Cigar Lake in uh, Arizona, um, second there, I had a lot of seconds, and um, <laughs> I just couldn't close it, and then uh, we traveled over to uh, Lake Murray in South Carolina, and, you know, did that whole thing, so coming out of the whole college fishing days, it it really broadened everything to like techniques, what else is out there. And so when I got home, you know, like doing the whole drop shotting thing and, and everything else like that, it's what you need to do to be successful, uh, you know, and to put fish in the boat. But that's what got me looking to like, I want to learn how to flip. I want to learn how to throw a chire bait. I want to learn how to throw a plopper, you know, like, so when you say you want to yeah. learn, what are, what are you doing? Like, are you, uh, yeah. going out say one day and just only taking jig rods? That's it gonna just are you just kind of reading conditions like what what was your process um you know more than anything i wanted to get on the body of water that was going to suit that style of fishing Mm -hmm. you know um you know so that's when i started following the flws you know really closely and and the whole trip of that thing is is uh you know you see the leaderboard right you see you see these hammers from northern california yeah yeah you got guys you know you got bub tosh you got you know, Blake Dyer, you get Barofka, you got all these dudes, just years of experience on, on these bodies of water. And I had friends that just went straight into the front seat of this whole thing, you know, as a, as a professional. And I'm like, you know, technique wise and stuff like that, I could probably hang in there here and there, but like, it comes down to time on the water and experience, you know, it's like, you know, I have 20 years experience almost now on Diamond Valley. I know how to fish that place, you know, but the same thing goes to all these absolute hammers up there in Northern California. These guys, they have so many more tools in their back pocket than I do. And so that's, you know, so for four years, you know, I fished from the backseat of FLW, mm-hmm. you know, and I looked at it maybe a little differently than a lot of these, uh, a lot of backseaters do. Um, I'd love to hear this experience because I've heard so many yeah. different takes on the yeah. backseater thing, like where, you get edged out or you get, you know, or something like that, but maybe yeah. you took it as a learning experience. I, I, I said it then and I, I still think about it now. It is purely an investment on, you know, on the sport, on what you love to do. You got to take the good with the bad for mm-hmm. sure. And, you know, so I fished in four years in the backseat, uh, FLW and a couple of, uh, the one bass, uh, opens as well. And, you know, there's some guys out there that get super sideways about, you know, their pro did this, their pro did that. I got back seated. Um, he didn't do this or he didn't know what he was doing. I mean, all these types of things. And these guys are just beside themselves in the, in the hotel room afterwards. And I'm like, 
uh, I'm kind of sitting there. I'm like, well, what'd you expect? You know, like, you know, and I'm like, you signed up to be in someone else's boat, you know, like learn, you know, like even I've had some, some great draws and I've had some tough draws. I've learned from all of them though. I've taken little bits and pieces of all of them. And that's, I, I may have just looked at it as more of an investment to learn a lake that I've never been to before. I've mm-hmm. never been to Clear Lake until like six years ago. You know, there's guys that fish for their whole lives. They got, you know, months out of the year. You know, I go there for one week a year. You know, so I'm just trying to be realistic that, you know, and especially going to the Delta, like that place is a trip. I remember like probably the fourth or fifth time I went there, I'm like, I still don't know where I'm at. You're driving around going to sloughs, <laughs> you know, you know, I ha- have you ever been to the Delta no, before? No, but I've heard lots of dudes, Delta dudes yeah. I've had on here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, coming from Southern California, fishing these big clear water, clear water reservoirs and you, you, you have the whole lake in front of you. You can see everything. Delta, and then you throw a tide on that. You That's know, the crazy part that yeah. got me into tides. I'm like, no way. Yeah, you know, coming from the salt side, that that's what helped me manage those tides. You know, and um, and and try to understand it. You know, you got to be somewhere at a certain time. It, it's when you simplify it like that. You know, I know people, guys say like, oh, you got to fish today. You got, you know, of course, you got, you have to. You got to just be. You have to adjust. You got to adjust to the conditions, the weather, whatever it might be, the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, and what kind of tournament you're fishing as well? Are you fishing for points? Are you fishing to win? What are you doing? You know, but when it comes down to the tides, it's like this area, I need to be in this area on a high tide, whatever else happens that happens. But in this time, in this area from, you know, 10 o'clock to two, it's a six hour tide, 10 o'clock to four, I gotta be here, mm-hmm. you know? So it, I really just try to simplify like, like the Delta and you know, um, what was really cool was, um, I had the opportunity for going from the back seat. This is the way I looked at it. I fished with Bub Tosh at the at the FLW Delta tournament in the month of May. I learned I, I probably learned about two years of effort. Wow. You know, of going up there in one day from that guy. Um it's not so much, you know, like he's he he threw chatterbaits, he punched. Okay, great. You know, that's kind of the makeup of the Delta. But it was how he went about his day where was he he was you know how how was he running the tides you know like uh time management whatever it might be i fished with so i fished with bub i fished with uh uh you know jason barofka when he had 25 pounds you know and and so and that was one of the things where you look at the leaderboard on on your computer right you Mm -hmm. see like these numbers are coming up and these guys are catching like oh my gosh these guys must be you know, doing some type of sorcery. Like they have special <laughs> baits, you know, sorcery. I mean, they have the voodoo, they have whatever it might be like going on in your head. Like, Oh my gosh, man, how did these guys go out there and catch 26, 27 pounds? Like on the, like these guys are just, so you put them like way up here in your head, like mentally, you know, at least I did. And, you know, I had the opportunity to go fish with Barofka when he had 20, 25 pounds i saw what he did you mm-hmm. know it wasn't like that it was a grind you know um chatterbaits senko right areas it was you know i, I remember going back to the, the hotel room that night i'm like he just knew where to be yeah he has time on the water you know he has experience you know like that's what it all came down to and so I see these AAA guys just getting super sideways or way down the standings. And I'm like, you guys are trying to make money off being a AAA from the backseat. This is, you know, you got to find something else to do. Yeah. Like, you, I'm just trying to learn because eventually so did I'm, you take I'm that, that four years to, to learn? 
That's it. In your head, you said, I'm going to, I'm going to fish from the backseat for four years because I want to learn. I'm going to learn from these guys what I have to do when I jump up yeah. to where I want to be. I, I gave myself a, a three year window. I, I thought more of like a three year window, really okay. did. Like oh, three years, you know, I looked at schedules, I'll uh-huh. be able to go to. Because when we go up to Clear Lake or Delta or Shasta or, or Havasu, I'll go for a week. You know, I take the time off of work and I want to learn. So I'm not just getting two days of competition practice. Yeah. I, I go for five days of practice, so a full week of, of experience on, on this body of water to learn. I did that for three years. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fourth year, this year actually was, was my fourth year. And um, I wanted to go to the front. Just wasn't quite sure this whole coronavirus thing, COVID, <laughs> right. whatever it's called, man. Um, you know, I definitely jacked a few things up. So um, I fished from the backseat at Lake Havasu. Um, you know, and, and, and there again, I fished with uh, John Stralick. Absolute hammer. San mm-hmm. Diego guy. His son, Wade, fishes the tour. Mm-hmm. I got to learn from him. I got to see what he did. You know, the guy's a fantastic fisherman. Um, and then you go to... Uh, the Delta, we, we, they had to reschedule it, and it was in it was in August. Yeah, it was in August. Um, yeah, who'd I have the Delta? It was that was a great turn. I had um, Bryant Smith. Mm-hmm. At, I mean, guy fishes the Bassmaster Opens, fantastic Northern Cal- California guy. Um, he was he uh, was in fifth place, and I got to see how he got there and what he did, you know. And that was the biggest experience. I mean, I got no problem saying this. He was having a hard day, hard day. Like 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, I can see like the wheels are, are starting to come off. You know, I'm watching them. I'm fishing too, and I'm catching, you know, an okay bag for a backseater. But he, he needs, you know, he needs a little more, obviously. You know, I saw him hit the reset button, you know, like 1 o'clock. You know, turn, he's got, we, we got to wait in a three. You know, he's like, okay, stop. You know, like, we're out of here. Make a 40-minute run, you know, at 1 o'clock. And the guy turns his whole day around off one spot. Catches two fives. And a four and a three, he's got up to like 18 and a half pounds. I'm sure he was in the mid-pack, 30, 40s. Now he's in fifth place. It's like, yeah. I saw what you did. You know, like To me, like you didn't just catch fish. You made a, a, a decision, you know? You saw him struggle enough to go, okay, I got I to gotta do something. And that's why I wanted to learn. It wasn't so much like the technique side or, or what baits to throw and stuff like that. We can all kind of figure that out. It was more of like, how are these guys going about their day, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and uh um, the mental aspect of it, you know, I saw him struggle and then I fished with uh, Todd, big daddy woods on, on the second day, yeah. saw what he did total different area of the Delta, you know, the Delta, you have central, what you have central South, North, uh, the West, you know, East is, you know, but not a huge player, but, uh, you know, so I got to see how Todd did his day, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was more of the mental side. And so that I wanted to learn and, uh, time on the water and learning the, the fisheries that we might be from California, but the Delta and Clear Lake, it's, they're not close to, to us, though. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> That's no. a mission. No. So when you go to learn, I mean, yeah. were you were you doing it off off season, too, going up there and trying to learn what you could? Or Here and there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, here and there uh, for fun trips, you know, however I could. Probably one or one, I probably have one or two trips a year where I would either go to the Delta or, or Clear Lake. Mm-hmm. Um and we would just go fish and have fun, you know. And I, I remember what those guys would do, the baits they'd throw, uh, how they'd run the tides. Or, you know, if we're going up to Clear Lake for fun, you know, uh, you know, the certain baits and areas in the north and the south, you know, like how how much of a difference they are, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You uh, So then now your last, would you take second place? Yeah. 
That was you, though. Yeah. Right? Like not no, uh, you were. No, I was. Boat. I was a boater. Yeah, I was on the front on the pro side. So that yeah. was your very first tournament yeah. as a boater. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty big accomplishment, dude. Second yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, and I, you know, I'll never forget it. You know, and uh, so the way that the way that kind of worked out, I had no intentions this year. Um, I, I wanted to go to the front, but certain things work, so on and so forth. I was gonna stay from the back, keep learning. Uh, you know, I got no problem doing that, you know, and being a backseater, if you, if you win, you want a boat, you know, that's going to help. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's going to help. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, and I've gotten, I've gotten a third, fourth, fifth, and like a seventh and an eighth in the front, front from the backseat. I've done well back there. I just never got like, never got that break. But, um, yeah, the way that kind of worked out was, uh, you know, I was talking to my dad and I'm like, you know, he hadn't had a chance to fish a lot this year. I'm like, dude, you should come up with us. You know, we have a we have a great uh, group of guys that we uh, uh, that we uh, travel, stay with. They're the guys from uh, Angler's Marine. Owner Rick Grover, his son Kyle. You know, I'm surrounded by great people, great fishermen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a couple other guys that we all travel with together. And while we're all staying at this house up here, come with us, man. Like, come fish with us. I'm, I'll tell you what, if you come up, uh, you know, we'll take our boat. You fish from the back. I'll go to the front. I wasn't so sure he was going to do it. You know, I was like, oh, I'll give him like 50, 50, you know, <laughs> yeah. he, it's hard for him to get away, get away from work. And, uh, you know, sure as shit. He's like, all right, man, I'm going to go. I'm like, Whoa, man, I gotta go to the front. You know, I'm like, all right. You know, it's a steep entry, 1700, yeah. you know, yeah. to walk up to the front. Okay. You know? And so it was kind of like the, you know, you know, like kind of called me on a little bit, kind of the push to, to, to get up there. So on the tournament, you know, what, what tournament was it again? That was uh, FLW Clear Lake, and that was uh, September. That was last month. So yeah. your dad and you fished out of, out of uh, yeah. yeah. We, okay. we have our own. We have our own uh, Ranger Bass boat. Okay. Uh, twenty eleven. It's a twenty one footer. It's been a great boat. And uh, so the way that kind of works is, is uh, you know, as long as they're signed up, you guys can fish together, and practice together. And so we got up there like on a Saturday, or we got there on a Saturday. We fished Sunday, Monday. We fish Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and tournament starts Thursday. And so, man, I'm telling you, that practice was rough. Really? Rough. I mean, if someone if someone <laughs> gave me a piece of paper and said, hey, man. Let me retract that. <laughs> I'm not entering. <laughs> practice was rough, yeah. man. And so he, if someone were to hand me a piece of paper and say, hey, man, just sign here for second place. Oh, my gosh. For sure. Sign it off. You yeah. know, but, um, you know. What's fun? What's funny? What's fun about Clear Lake is that the the north and the south of that lake they're so different. The north, I mean, it's a big bowl. It's it's shallow. It's grassy, and you know I'd heard and heard things and you know from the my my past years up there, this tournament's gonna be won in the grass, and it, and it was. You know, Ty Ty won the won it in the grass, but mm-hmm. not in the north. But so I spent man 60 percent of my practice trying to figure out this grass bite and it just was not happening you know for my dad and i and you know i can kind of see my dad's like we're kind of struggling here i'm like <laughs> man you know yeah you know and just, you know that, that's just the whole mental side you're just yeah you got to keep it on you got to keep it straight you know and um yeah so i started you know that like the i had like a day and a half left of, of practice mm-hmm. and what's funny was i was practicing around but not the spot but around the area where i did good at more of a comfort zone rock a little bit of grass mixed in docks uh we were square billing uh nico rigging drop shot and we we're starting to get them 
and on the crank as well. I was catching on the crank too. And so, but tournament came around and well, I remember this is last day of the tournament. It's last, well, I'm sorry, last day of the practice and like last couple of hours, my dad's like, I'm feeling for you, man. I'm like, thanks, dude. Hey, what does that mean? <laughs> thanks, man. You know, like he's like, I'm feeling for you, buddy. I'm like, fuck, man, this is hard, you know? And I'm like, thanks, bud. I appreciate you know. Thanks, thanks, Dad. Yeah, I'll thanks, show man. you, you son of a bitch. No, no, guy, <laughs> guy's most supportive dude in the world, yeah. man. It's the most supportive guy. But he was, but he saw like you know he was out there for the 12, 14 hour practice days. You know, I wouldn't get off the water. You yeah, know? and he was there. He was doing it with me. He'd catch some here and there, but we were not catching a lot. You know, and so uh, I think it was like I think it was a, almost a final day of practice where, and it wasn't this spot. It's uh, uh, it's down south. Uh, it's called Wheeler Point mm-hmm. down there. Uh, well, it's like a mid lake south. Uh, deep rock with grass on it. We caught some, we were catching crankfish off there. And so tournament day comes around. And another little aspect of that tournament day is so Thursday comes around. You get paired with, with your partners. It's all done digitally now. You can't meet up in person. And uh, I drew uh, Rachel Uribe. Oh, I just had her on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I've known the Uribe's for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe worked at English Marine. Uh, you know, I, I fished against him in some ABA tournaments and things like that. And, uh, actually my dad bought his boat from him back, oh, back nice. when we know the Uribe's, I know how good Rachel is, you know, but the thing is, is, you know, he might, you know, my guy's like, Oh, don't let Rachel beat you from the back, man. You know, <laughs> don't let her, don't let her mop you up. You know, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> And I'm like, that's very well possible. Very possible. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know, Wednesday, that Wednesday night I'm getting rigged up and I'm just like, this is, this practice was brutal, you know? And so I looked at it from like, okay, so you practiced for four and a half days. You got to go practice for five and a half now. Like, cause you got really nothing to go do, you know? Uh, we blast off and, uh, you know, so I ran my, my good stuff, which my gosh, that did not pan out, you know, <laughs> did not pan out. I caught a couple of crankfish. Uh, I got two crankfish, you know, it's like nine, nine thirty in the morning. How many rods do you have on the deck? Man, I have 14. I mean, like I, a lot, you know, like damn the less dialed you are. Yeah. Oh my, you just have so many rods in the deck. Cause you think like, Oh, this or that or that or this, you know? And like, you just gotta simplify it. But it's like nine thirty in the morning. I have like two fish for nothing. Rachel has zero, you know. And I, I roll into what's called a Henderson. It's a community hole, but it's mm-hmm. on the left hand side, lawn tramp side. And it's just more of a comfort zone thing, I guess, growing up down here, you know, deep rock, you know, um, finesse baits. And so I'm like, I'm looking on the graph, I'm like, there's a lot of fish here. Like there. I'm like, I keep telling Rachel, I'm trying to I mean, you know, like, you know, some Pros don't care, you know, how their codes do. But I'm telling her, I'm like, hey, there's there's fish here, you know, like just hang in there, you know. Almost trying to get my trying to talk to myself, you know, like <laughs> hang in there, buddy, you know, like <laughs> this is not going well. I get it, you know. So just hang in there. And Wayne's like three or whatever, and I catch like a three a three pounder in like 24, 25 feet of water. I'm like, man, I, I can do this. You know, mm-hmm. I know I can do that whole grass thing in the north. You guys figured them out. Good for you. I, I'm not. I'm not there. You know, and there is one spot down way down south, the entire opposite side of the lake. It's called it's called Rattlesnake Island down there. 
ran all the way from Henderson, which is and it had the same type of structure same, you're looking for. Pretty close, okay. yeah. And I ran all the way down there. I caught some fish down there in practice. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try to find stuff like this. Nothing. My gosh, that did not, that did not work out. About 20 minute run, hauling, you know, doing doing 70 all yeah. the way down there. Rachel catches one a, a micro line burner. I'm like, okay, we're not doing this anymore, you know. And so. I always fear that I drive too much, you know, during tournaments. I'm like, okay, I'm going back to Henderson. I'm going to soak it out there. I am, I'm hoping I can get like 15 pounds, top 20, top 30, stay in it, just stay in it. You know, I'm driving, I'm burning back up and, and I pass Buckingham, uh, which is basically called the Narrows. And I pass Buckingham and drive all the way up. And before you can turn, before you make the left to kind of go up to Henderson, it's what's called shag rock. It's community hole. I mean, it's there. You take a picture of that thing. It's like looking at a Wrigley field, you know, it's just like, Oh, that's, that's Fenway. That's Boston. You know, it's just like, you know, <laughs> it's so noticeable. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, well, I, and I fished shag with my tournament guys in years past. I fished it with, for fun. I fished it a thousand times. I've never done that. Well, mm-hmm. I drove by it. 30 times in practice. Not, never, never touched it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I'm like, well, you know, I got all day. I got five hours left. I'm like, but before I go, before I go to Henderson, I'm just going to try this. It's the same looking, same looking stuff, whatever. Let's just try it. We'll give it a half hour. Then we'll go back over there. Mm-hmm. And so I pull up on that thing. We kind of fish around, and if you're looking at shag, if you're looking at shag rock from straight up on it, on the right hand side, it kind of bowls, comes out the comes out to the actual point, and then what's called the Buckingham side of it, if you would, or main lake side. Mm-hmm. We fish the bowl. I kind of turn, I kind of uh, turn the boat. I start fishing parallel to the actual rock. Flip up there, six pounder, drop shot, nice. Seven inch MM3. I don't. I had no problem telling anyone what anyone what, what I caught him on. I, I, I don't care. You mm-hmm. know, seven inch MM3 drop shot. I'm like six pounder. I'm like I thought it was a catfish. I told Rachel. I'm like, nah, hold on. This thing is just dog and like just yeah. head, like just dog. And I'm like, I think it's a cat. Like you know, like <laughs> it's dead, still calm, hot, perfect for that kind of thing. And comes up. I'm like, oh my god. And she nets it. I'm like, okay, you know, all right. You know, Okay, you know, <laughs> we got six, we got three, and now we have two. We have two twos, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, all right, we're we're, we're kind of doing that. Fire back up there, three and a half. I'm like, oh yeah. Then Rachel fires off uh, two back to back four pounders. Oh, I'm like, holy shit! This is it. We found it. <laughs> uh, and it's still and it's calm and it's hot and we're still catching. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, we're not leaving. 
Like it's uh, it's ten forty five. I told her because I have not found this quality fish throughout throughout the entire practice. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're not leaving. Like settle in, you know. And mm-hmm. so we sat. I sat at that spot for so long. I started to figure out the, you know, the the sweet spots within the sweet spots. And what what really kind of kicked in was uh, the wind, the wind and the current, and that kind of took me back to you know just driving boats and in, in my salt days, and still to right now. And I'm like. I'm like, oh, thank God, because once, because like once this current starts going, these fish are gonna stack up. Their noses are gonna be into the wind. I'm gonna be behind them. I'm gonna cast over them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dead stick my way right down to them. They can't, they can't resist it. And that's what happened. And then that's what we did. So and another, this is kind of getting a little nerdy, but whatever. I fished with, uh, <laughs> I fished with uh, David Valdivia. Guy's an absolute Southern California hammer. Performance, right? Performance, Performance guy. Yeah. David is is very good fisherman. Mm-hmm. I fish. I was lucky enough to fish with him on day three, Clear Lake, a couple of years ago, and we're fishing. I'm sorry, to kind of get off. I'll, I'll tie it no, back. No, no, no. Yeah, go ahead and tell the story. But um, we were fishing Mid Lake. I, I won't give away Dave's Dave's spot or whatever else. But we uh, we had fished this bank. I had fished this bank five different times to five different guys. You know, uh, throughout practice, and he was fishing it way differently way far off off the bank i'm like i i, I don't care I'll, I'll ask him like dude i'm like why why are you so far off this bank you know like mm-hmm. you know, this is a late may tournament you know and he's just like yo you see behind you i'm like like in the middle of the lake i'm like yeah so you see all the shad birds over there and i'm like they are out there like i'm clueless i'm like yeah he's like they're waiting to come in i'm like they're waiting to come he's like yeah the shad spawn he's like, they're waiting He's all, they just haven't got all the way yet. And I I think the shad are right here. This is where I think the fish are. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to that tournament day. I look out and there's shad birds in the middle of the lake. I'm like, oh, we're like, we're, it's going to happen. You know, they're, and they start creeping in and the wind starts coming in and those, and the, I was taking every single wave by one o'clock. I was taking every single wave over the bow. It was rolling, went from still calm and hot to rolling over the bow. Like you're sitting on a bull or something, you know, and a shadbird to come in. But look at my graph. It's an absolute wad of fish flowing through underneath us. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You Get know? ready. <laughs> well, it was uh, by then Rachel had a limit for like freaking 15 pounds. She oh, was man. firing them off, you know, and she and at one point she was kind of whooping me pretty good. <laughs> You know, you're like, I can't let this happen. I'm like, wait, wise, I got more in here, but gosh, she is, she is smashing them, you know, which, which, you know, at 1230, you know, I'd fire up there. There's a certain spot within shag rock that I found that it was just, it's just the way it was setting up fire up there. And the thing was, was with that, uh, with that spot, you had to be, man, you had to dig deep because you were either snagged or bit. And you're more likely snagged than bit. And so I ran through almost every piece of drop shot tungsten I had. And there's no way to get around that because you're, no. you're going to get snagged, right? I no. mean, that's just. No, it's just the way it was. Lava rock, you know. <laughs> yeah. Eight pound test, you know. And I try throwing a jig on, you know, 14. I try throwing a crank, you know, and and trying to save myself some heartbreak, you know. It wasn't happening. And so um, I remember I fired up there, uh, drop shot. Seven inch MM3. Uh, I'm like, God, and the waves are breaking over the trolling motor. I'm like, God, I can't, you know, it's so hard to feel just the props coming out of the water, you know, the whole thing. And 
I lift up, and I'm like, I'm either snagged or I'm bit, you know, and I did this all day. You just set the hook on a snag, right? You just don't know. Set the hook. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, like, like the thing just starts dogging me. It was an eight-and-a-half-pounder oh, at 1230. You're a kicker, huh? <laughs> I got an eight-and-a-half-pounder. Eight and I got a six, you know. I got now a couple of fours, you know, and so. And you can't check a uh any placement, you're waiting until you get back to the wings. Yeah, right? no, this is not like you know, yeah. you know, MLF style or anything. You just you're five biggest fish yeah. come in, you weigh what you weigh, you know, and and then Rachel fires off two five pounders. You know, <sighs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. But the problem what happened that day was like one forty five two. We got to leave by like two thirty, but like it was too rough. And the, those those largemouth, if it's too rough, it's kind of like toolies. They don't want to be in it because they get torn up, they get scraped up, and of course. Uh, like uh, the lava rock, you know, fish, they don't want to be next to it because they're going to get beat up, you know? So everything started to suspend. And that's, you know, by two o'clock, I, you know, I had 24, 12. Shit. I didn't know it, you know? I, yeah. I wasn't really weighing them. I was yeah. just doing my best to call out the smaller ones. I had 24, 12, and Rachel had almost 19. Damn. And we had nothing at 1030. Nothing. So from 1045 to like 130. You know, 25 plus 19. We had almost, you know, 40 plus pounds of fish, 44 pounds of fish between between us two. Wow. Um, you know, and it was just a special, it was a special, special day. And I couldn't believe it, you know. Um, I told her, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, listen, well, it takes us about 13, it takes us about 13, 14 minutes going wide open from here to where we launched out of Redbud. And he's, and I'm like, I'm giving us a half hour. I'm not, I'm not going to be late. I'm not going to have a motor problem. You know, I'm just going to cruise and that drive back home. It was, it was windy. It was rough. We had a freaking boatload full of fish, you know, but we we're just cruising. You know, I come in, you know, my dad was fishing from the back seat, and he had a good draw. He really had a uh, Tuan win. He had a good draw and good, good NorCal guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just my dad, he just kind of had a tougher day, you know, and that's just the way it goes sometimes. And I'm like, how'd you do, man? I call him, you know, and, and, uh, you know, he, he had weighed in earlier, you know, and, uh, he's like, ah, oh, tough day, you know, I'm like, okay, how'd you do? I'm like, I fucking got him, dude, you know, <laughs> you know, I fucking got him. <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he's on the I'm like, bro, I got like 22, 23 pounds and, you know, I can't, I don't know if I can say it on this thing, but he was very excited. Um, you know, he's but that's like, how you talk to your dad, though, right? Yeah, that's how I talk to yeah. him. I mean, no, man, that's, yeah, that's what the thing. Don't worry, you, I mean, this yeah. is a uh, explicit. I put it up, it yeah. says explicit. This isn't for yeah. kids, no. you know. So, I mean, that's the cool thing is you're telling the truth and the story, like, you know, yeah. I'm I feel like I'm there with you. I feel like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, now tell me next, you know, like, yeah, no, man, <laughs> I, I, I cruise in the way in, and uh, I'm 14 minutes early, yeah, I'm early. I could have stayed longer, I just, you know. You know, some people might say whatever you came in early. You know, you should, you should have stayed longer. You could have got, you could have caught more. That's that's cool, man. But I, you know, I you were only, happy with what you had. I was happy with what I had. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to push the motor, you know, another six thousand RPM run if I didn't have to. You know, um, just cruise at 30, 40 miles an hour, nice and easy on the way. I got in there, called my pop. You know, he told me all his day, and and he he told, what do you mean, God? I'm like fucking got him dude <laughs> my fucking hammered him he's yeah. like what are you because we had such a terrible practice you know he's like just, just dumbfounded you. he couldn't believe you like, found, like, you know and i don't blame him yeah you know, i was there in practice too it was freaking hard yeah. you know and uh 
he's all super stoked. And so, um, I'm all, uh, you know, I was one of, as one of the last guys actually weigh in on who's, who's leading it. And another, you know, pro absolute hammer, Jerry Linder. Yeah. 21 something pounds. I'm like, God, that guy's good, man. Yeah. But I'm like, I got more than that. I know I got more in 21, weighed in 24, 12, you know, and it was super surreal, very special moment. Uh, Rachel took the lead as well. She had almost 19 from the back, wow. you know, uh, great to fish with. I even told Rachel because it was blowing so hard that it was hard for her to fish out of the back because you're just your your lines like coming up off the bottom. Yeah. I just told Rachel, Rachel, cast ahead of the boat. Yeah. Go ahead, you know, like I don't, you know, yeah. I'm just trying to help her out, dude, because she was she was uh, leading for Angler of the Year. Yes, that's what she was saying, right? And I wanted, you know, I've been there too. I yeah. lost, uh, last year. I lost Angler of the Year by two points. That sucks, you know, from from the back. You know, yeah. I, I just like, uh, you know, like it sucks, you know. So I wanted her to, to to do well, you know. And realistically, I needed a five five and a half pounder to call, and I'm like, man, like just take what you got right now, you know, and and just be and uh, so. I just remember uh, we load up and we're driving back to our our uh, our rental property. We we had rented with with the boys, and everybody's like, you know, they knew the kind of practice they had. They're just like, what? What happened, man? You know, where you that know, was a one day tournament or two day? This is a three day tournament. Three day, okay. The three day. So, so this is day one. This is day one. Okay. Yeah, day one. Uh, so the way it works is that you fish the two days and top ten fishes the final third day. Mm-hmm. That was day one, and so I'm super pumped, but I'm like, what place are you in at this time? Dave? First, first place, leading okay. it, leading it by uh, four pounds ten ounces. How how uh, how shocked were you? Were you shocked? You kind of knew what I was you were shocked. doing. I mean, like the day I had, yeah. Just besides, it's like <laughs> I'm kind of in this trance. I'm super yeah. stressed, you know, and uh, super stressed out from the night before, not sleeping. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm going to bomb first pro tournament, you know, like a lot of money up front to be here, you know, and the whole thing. I want to like embarrass. Did you? Myself, or did you, you know? uh, pay everything out of your own pocket? Yeah. So yeah. you're not. Are you sponsored by anyone right now? I have two sponsors, uh, English Marine, uh-huh. uh, here in here in uh, Anaheim, um, and I just got on with, got on with uh, Mercury. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, but at the time, at the time, you I just had, did it. I, just I did mean, it, you yeah. probably were friends with Rick and everyone. Yeah. So it's kind of like a. Yeah. Uh, but you just said, "I'm going to pay it." I think I think yeah. do good. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of the right timing, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, sorry and, to tangent off no, on that. I'm just wondering, yeah. like, you the 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 cool thing I like yeah. about the story. Is you, Pretty much, you said, I had a wild hair up my ass to enter a tournament, you know? Yeah. And that's what, yeah. it's the truth. Yeah, you know, and in, in, you know? in all those years of practicing from the back, you know, you know, I'm like, just take what you've learned, bring it up here, you know, and... Uh, like even telling your, you know? your your first day of your story, it's like, you you did take what yeah. you learned from someone, that's great. Like, Yeah. So let, let me get, let you get back to the oh, story. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. Um, you know, and... But yeah, I, I you know it was seventeen hundred for pro entry. Of course, you have. Uh, it was really helpful have my dad there. Uh, you know, help me out with the gas. Uh, you know, and, and all that, and uh, you know, the food and things like that of, mm-hmm. of that of that uh, those nature. And um, you know, I'm just rigging up after day one. You're in the lead of this, you know, it's FLW clear tournament. I'm like, oh my, I can't believe I'm here. You know, and like I look at the leaderboard, especially the first day. I look at the leaderboard. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You had Jared Linder. You had John Pearl. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had Bub Tosh was in there. Um, kind of going down the list. Armando. You had all these guys. I'm like, oh my, like I, 
and my name's up there, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> these guys have no idea who I am. Yeah. I don't care about that. It's just like, I know who they are and how good they are, you know? And I'm like, okay. And so I got maybe like an hour and a half of sleep that night. I'm just laying there. Like, you ever been too tired to sleep? Like, and you're, you just, you can't sleep. You're just yeah. bloodshot eyes. You're just laying there. Like, you know, it's like that SpongeBob meme, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, and, and so I'm just laying there and alarm goes off. I'm like, I'm, I'm ready, you know, and I'm so freaking nervous. My, my biggest thing was, but my, 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 my biggest thing was I didn't want to bomb, but it was starting to come into where on day one, I had nobody around me. It was so rough and windy. No one wanted to fish that spot or they just, they just didn't. It was too late in the day or maybe someone did in, in the morning. They, mm-hmm. they weren't biting then. I don't know. But I knew after things get tough on the, on these, on these tournaments, I've been there before. The guys are going to start to fish what they know, community holes. I knew day two was going to be harder. I knew that I knew guys were, I didn't want to tell anybody where I was fishing, but then again, I kind of had to, because just maybe they may, they may not fish there. If I, if they knew that I caught my fisher and I was leading there, you know, if you, if some of those, you know, out of courtesy, out of courtesy, people will do yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. On, on that level, some yes. guys will not all, and, and not all did. Um, but I knew day two was going to be harder. And so the guy who I fished with on day two, uh, Jeff, uh, my co-angler, uh-huh. I look at him like, we're going to catch nothing or we're going to hammer him. There's no in between on this deal. And we're going to sit there all day, settle in. I have nothing else to fall back on. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to do. You know? Okay, man. No problem. Well, Jeff and I roll up there. Jeff fires off a six and a five in the first 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, shit. You know? (laughs) Woof. You know? And I I got that. I've done that to my pros before. And I felt a little like, you know you know, not guilty about it, but like, man, I hope this guy gets him up, you know, cause I don't want to take his fish, you know? And Jeff's like, like after he, after he landed his six and a five and I had two for like four pounds. Was he like holding his reel? Just waiting he's to like, cast? <laughs> and he's the nicest guy. Too. Yeah. He's like, I feel kind of bad, man. I'm like, don't, but how do you, you know? but how do you play that off? So it's like, if you say we're fishing here, okay, I'm going to do the same thing pretty much you're kind of doing. Yeah. And if I catch him, there's no, it's just a, it's, it's a the way it goes. luck. It's the way it goes, man. Yeah. And it's a wide open spot, really. I mean, it's a co-angler. It was a, I'm sure some dudes yeah. fucking flip out, dude, on their co-anglers. Um, you know, they, they, if, if you step out of line in my, in my version of stepping out of line is if you, if you cast in front of them, you yes. cast in their waters, uh-huh. of course they have, every pro has the right to be like, Hey man, this is the line. Stay, yeah. You know? I've never gotten to that point, you know, and no one's ever told me that because I, I just try to be respectful yes. of, of what they're doing. Yeah. But then again, so was he. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, he that, hey, can I cast here? Yeah. Fire's over. Five pounder. I'm like, oh. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Shit, you know. And I fire up, up above two pounder. I'm like, fuck, man. And then he <laughs> fires. He, you know, he's pretty much the same spot, but even more closer to like the back of the boat, six pounder. I net it. I'm like. Whew, we could use that, you know? And like, yeah, I was like saying like 15 minutes later, he's like, Hey man, I'm sorry. You know, I'm like, catch him up, man. Yeah. Catch yeah. him up. I, you know, it wasn't all of one tournament ago from, from the FLW. I was in the back. Yeah. Catch them up. I'm all, what place are you, were you in coming in here though? He's all 13th. I'm like, just, you're fine. You're fishing tomorrow. All you need is three, two pounders. You're fishing tomorrow. Top 10. What did he end up taking? Dude, Jeff hammered him that day. 
Did he? Did he for the whole tournament? Did he take first? Or he no? got second. <sighs> yeah, he got. And second. Rachel took fifth, right? I think. No, Rachel had a had Rachel had a tough day with Bub. Bub okay. wouldn't fish the grass, and Rachel caught two fish that day, okay. and she fell from like first to like sixteenth or seventeenth, and she missed AOI. <sighs> I felt bad for her. It's um, your fault because you took Jeff. No, I'm just kidding. I know, right? <laughs> you know, she's like, oh, I wish I was fishing with you again tomorrow. I'm like, it's just, it, it's a backseaters like dream. It really is, you know. Like, man, if if you were there, you would have you would have caught twenty well, pounds. Well, it's the thing know? too is is not only that you kind of had a relationship with that person i'm sure it's yeah. different so it's like you know her brother you know you know him like the yeah. family so it's a different story but so i'll let you get back to jeff yeah. getting those six and the five yeah he fires up a six and a five and it's all like seven fifteen in the morning like, <laughs> oh man you know <laughs> and uh, i was like fifth boat out but the thing about shag rock um is that you can't have the whole spot you know it's it, it's a rock peninsula if you would you know so um, you either fish one side or you fish the other, you know, or you fish the point and you can kind of do, you can kind of fend it off, but I, that's not how I, I did. I never really caught them like on the exact point itself. Mm-hmm. It was on the sides of the, the rock. I just think those fish were setting up a certain way with the current and that kind of goes back to goes the back to the boat. The being salt the captain. Yeah. Uh-huh. Salt deal. You know, I, I just think they were, their noses were right here and then they would come in off the point and sit. But the ones on the deep point, they were hard to catch. But if you put it right in front of them on the sides, they, they'd bite. And so kind of going back to the whole common courtesy thing was I pull up, I pull up a little further. I edge up a couple feet at a time. And I was fishing the spot and I look over and I'm like, oh shit, there's someone, you know, there's someone right here on the other side of this rock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was Blake, it was uh Blake Dyer and, you know, and Blake's like, Tom, like, yeah, Hey man. He's like, is this it? You know, like, <laughs> is this it? You know? Cause you don't, you know, he knew I was in the lead and he's, I'm like, cats out of the bag, man. Like, this is it. Yeah, he's like, this is you know, like he was like dumbfounded. He's like, this is where you you're leading. This is your spot. I'm like, Blake, this is it, man. This is all I got. And he's like, no problem. Puts his rods down, tells his co-linger wind up, puts his troll motor up, and takes what off. What a uh, you know, what a great dude. Uh, I, I hit him up on you know like that. I hit him up on like Instagram. Like, thanks, man. I I I know in the years to come, you know, our paths will cross again. And if he's in that position, yeah, I would do it regardless, yeah. but even more now I'm like, see you later, Blake, catch him up, buddy. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so that day, you know, I, I had really had to fend off the local pressure. You had practice for wild West tournament. You had high school tournament. You had a college tournament. Um, a lot of guys were just kind of trying to come in. I get it. I get it. It's a local spot, community hole. I get it, you know? And, uh, but so I, so at the same time yeah. you have other, other events going on or something, or mm-hmm. people can still, Pre-fish or oh, for sure. Yeah. That kind of screws you. And then there's, then there's, then there's local pressure, but that's just part of the deal though. Like I wasn't fishing some secret thing, some secret hole. This is, you know, this is what you got and you got to work with, you got to work with what you got. And I would even, I would start to talk to guys like, Hey guy, are you in the tournament? You know? Oh no. Like, I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm leading the tournament. This is all I got. And some guys would just kind of peter off. Okay, man. And some guys would say, I'm, I'm going to fish here. Okay. You know, it, it's, I don't own the lake. Yeah, yeah. I don't own nothing. This is a community hole. You're out here fishing and, and you should be, you know, and next you just, thing you know, you get that fucking Huddleston and throw it right at him. <laughs> you, you know, 
I, I'm there, just there, there was one guy who was not in the tournament. He wasn't practicing for anything, and he got me a little sideways. And was it, he a local guy? Yeah, probably just didn't yeah. want you on his lake, whatever you know. You know, I I, I get it. You know, and for sure, and yeah, yeah it, you know, I get it. Did you yell at him? No, 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 because I. It's hard for me. I'm a very. You don't mellow, want to put that energy out. I'm a very right? mellow guy. I, I I try to be as nice as humanly possible to everybody, uh, especially as being like a bigger guy. I don't hey, want to. They don't you know, call you Big Tom for no reason. I know, man. But <laughs> it's you know. But once I kind of get myself going, it's hard for me to settle myself down. I didn't want to take away any time from the tournament and get myself fired up sideways. You know, one guy said, you know, I'm not leaving. You know, and he said a couple other things as well, and I just kind of bit my lip and. Uh, you know, I, I caught a six and a four in front of him, you know, by being calm, Yeah. you know, and, uh, on that second day, you know, things had changed, you know, it was super calm. The fish weren't showing as well. And you had, I, I really had, had to change it up. And so one of the things I was doing, well, there's, there's three baits, there's two baits I was throwing as a drop shot and an eco rig, the Nico rig. It was a five inch Yamamoto amber laminate. Um, and it had like a one or two hook on it with a three thirty second ounce uh, tungsten nail weight, biggest nail weight I could, and shoved it in there. Mm-hmm. When it got slick, calm, and hot, and these these jokesters are on the point, I'm on the inside. I take the nail weight out, and I, I start to see the fish suspend in this midday. Fired out there, it's a Diamond Valley trick, Senko, suspended fish, you know, real deep water. Uh, you know, I click it in gear. I let my pile of braid just pile up on the surface. I watch it, and it's slowly starting to take off. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm bit, you know? And I wind up the slack, and where I fired on the bank was now in the middle of nowhere, four-and-a-half-pounder, nice. you know? Uh, Six-pounder, you know, like a, a couple fish later, you know? So, like, minor adjustments, you know, uh, and I had 19, uh, 19.5 that day. Oh. And Jeff had almost 22. Oh, man. Couldn't slow him down. <laughs> Couldn't do nothing. Guy was on fire Couldn't that day. Couldn't slow him down. <laughs> I, I'm like, good, man. Catch him up. Yeah, man. I don't yeah. know. Like, uh, you're firing <laughs> seriously 70 feet away from me. Yeah. You're not even near me, you're, and you're smashing him. I'm like, it's just your day, man. Yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Dude. So what were you sitting at the end of the day? First, yeah. I was still still first. first. Yeah, I was still in first. So then you made it to the, to the third day, which is the top 10. Yeah. Uh, top 10, only 10 guys fish, top 10 pros, top 10 co's, they all oh, fish, man. you know. And I've been there on the AAA side, but obviously never on the pro side. And, uh, you know, and it's just a weird deal, man. You have all the hammers. You just, what about the you know, the the, uh, the second day when you came back in? Was your dad like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me? I came in before him. I was actually the first guy to come in. Uh, I was about eight minutes early. Yeah. Uh, I was in the first fly. I was boat five out, so I'm like, I'm one of the first guys in. And uh, I was like eight minutes early. I want no problems. No, I, I've I've heard of horror stories. I've been part of horror stories where we're running back in and the motor something jacks up. You know, I just could not have the possibility of losing an entire day's yeah. weight. You know, yeah. and so I come in a little bit early. You know, eight nine minutes early. First guy I tie up. We're here. We can't lose our weight. You know, it's especially Jeff. Guy, I don't want to ruin someone else's day. You know, and so. Um, you know, and we, and we weigh in, you know, and, uh, at the end of the, at the end of the weigh in, you know, we were five pounds and 10 ounces ahead, but it's clear lake. And I never really took it as, as a big, some people are, Oh, it's a big lead, man. You got this. I'm like, yeah, it's clear lake. 
got you your know, eight pounder and you know or something nine it, pounder this is clear like yeah. man don't you know but uh but the thing was was when i was leaving that spot on day two i'm driving in i had this i was i was thinking the same thing tomorrow the third day is going to be even harder it's going to be the hardest day like and i had a feeling i just had this gut feeling that it it may not pan out you know it's community hole by then flw had put me had put the pictures on the website guys saw where i was fishing yeah. you know and you know like i was saying earlier you just you see a picture of that it's just the most obvious thing ever you know i get it you know and um but when i came in you know uh i just texted my dad because he was still fishing i just put 19.5 that's all i put 19.5 <laughs> and my dad had a real tough day that day he fished with an absolute you know uh, talented fisherman, uh, Wade Strelick, fishing mm-hmm. the tour, MLF. Uh, he's a, a FLW guy, um, a senior guy. And uh, he just had a tough day. He didn't catch any that day, you mm-hmm. know. And he was, but I, I texted him 19.5, and he was really happy, you know, super stoked. Um, weigh in, do the whole thing, see the leaderboard. I'm like, gosh, man, you have Justin Kerr up there. Yeah. You, you know, you got John Pearl still in there, right there. You know, there's Ty. Ty won Havasu FLW. I mean, like, guy's so good, yeah. you know. Um, everybody else. My buddy Kyle got 11th. Uh, Jordan Collum, the guy's a great fisherman. Canyon Lake guy. Uh, 10th place. He's right there, you know. So, I'm like, this is it's just surreal. I can't believe I'm leading this tournament. It's, uh, it's, it's a very odd feeling. You know, getting back to the house, it's just like, all my stuff's destroyed, broken off, leaders blown. <laughs> I had four or five spinning rods, and I, I use all the same the same stuff. They're all blown. Leaders are gone. Uh, did you break any rods? I didn't break any this trip. Okay. Didn't break any this trip. Um, I'm out of tungsten. Going to the tackle shop, trying to find anything I can for a drop shot weight. I'm out of everything, you know, out of worms and... Um, you know, but it comes a lot. That's more, crazy to hear. You know? How much tackle do you think you you lose when you fish a tournament? Each day, well, on that tournament, on that rock, each day I was losing twenty to thirty drop shot weights a day. Dude, that's yeah. a lot. Yes, and on, on so on day one when I was fishing with Rachel, I was using three sixteenths and quarters, and ran out of three sixteenths, wow. ran out of quarters. I'm like, hey, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of drop shot weights, you know. And she's like. And and she had I think she's sponsored by Voss and she's like here you know and she has some Voss lead weights I'm like I don't I'll, I'll use a car battery right now you I don't care, uh you, know? you use a tungsten because of the, uh... the sensitivity okay it's sensitivity yeah. I know it's more expensive is yeah you know but uh, being from Southern California you need every advantage you can yes. in, on the drop shot and so uh, she had a pile of these, all these Voss weights and she was losing them just as fast as I was and she had like fifty left this fifty pack and she dumps them out on the on the carpet and she's like and we just start <laughs> she lose one grab one she, i lose one grab one you know yeah. by the end of the day we had a few left you know but i was losing between 20 and 25 drop shot weights Dude. a day on that rock you yeah. had to be what i do i had four or five What about rods. worms were you losing a lot oh yeah yeah everyone yeah for sure uh multiple packs you know multiple multiple uh you'd rip them you tear them you know you'd lose you blow a leader they're gone you know um so what i do i had four or five rods all rigged up I'd blow them all out, bust them off, blow leaders, put it down, and grab the next one. Put it down four or five times after they're all blown out. Same rod. No, four, four of the, like four or five of the same rod. I had four of them, though. No, no, four of, like, say, the same spinning rod. Mm-hmm. Four of them in a row. Same one tied with the mm-hmm. same crap on. Same. Just so you don't got to retie. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. And so I blow them all out. 
bust them off leaders you know i'm using braid a eight pound uh you know 15 foot leader something like that yeah once they're all blown out sit down rig them all back up calmly you know as fast as i could put them all one two three four stand back up blow them all out again how long do you think it was taking to blow them out uh i mean how many times do you think you did that in a day about 45 minutes they're all gone (laughs) about 45 minutes so you're tying for 20 maybe an hour out of the day yeah right yeah yeah and that's you know i was you know i was trying to pick up a jig i was trying to pick up a crank so i could stop doing that and keep catching them it just wasn't going that way i fired jig in there i lost uh four out of six casts i lost jigs damn i fired four jigs and they retire 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 lost them all i'm like this is ridiculous you know and i just pick up a drop shot and just start dead sticking again and catch one i'm like okay well this is this is what's gonna have, have to happen yeah yeah wow yeah uh, that was that was something but um yeah so but i was heading in the second day i knew the third day was gonna be super hard oh and i knew that 100 percent uh more people will be there you know and a lot of people i was probably the only guy i'm just I'm just I'm, I'm just a realistic kind of guy i was probably the only guy where i thought hey, this is gonna be extremely hard to to close up here like i i didn't think i was gonna win that tournament did you, you know? expect to uh, top three no, I you mean, just I, said if I could. Yeah, I mean, I usually think when I do something, if I could be in, if it's like a top thing, I'd be like, if I can make a ninth place, just be one person, I'll yeah. be happy. <laughs> it's all perspective. It's yeah. all it's it's all what your abilities are and what you're trying to do, and you know, um, and and what you're doing. But you know, when I was driving in, I'm like, it's gonna be hard tomorrow. So you know gut it up you know and so i was thinking to myself i'm driving back down for the third and final day third and final weigh-in i thought with almost a six pound lead if i could get if i could get 17 18 pounds we're good that's Mm -hmm. what i thought i'm like i think i can do that but day three got really hard showed up there no big fish um scrambled around i had almost 14 pounds tie Ty absolute bust a twenty-seven pound bag on day oh three. He, I, I think he was like fifth or sixth going into that day or something. I, I'm not sure. When someone busts a bag like that, you just take it on the chin. You know, I told Ty right to his face, man, great job. Shook his hand. You know, it's on stage. You, you, you earned this, man. <laughs> yeah, you earned. I'd rather take it on the chin than than in, in, in the groin. You know, <laughs> you know. So, and that's what happened that day, you know, and I got no problems with it. Yeah. You know? uh, I got beat, you know, uh, it was a great tournament, a great experience. Um, a lot of exposure, you know, and it's been awesome. So, so now you're going to full on. Yeah. You know, so a couple, a couple of weeks later I fished from the front at the U uh, S open, mm-hmm. you know, at, the, at Lake Mead total grind, you know, I was in the twenties, you know, out of like 250 guys, it was doing that's good. Great. Um, Kind of stumbled there in the third day, but a great experience. And uh, yeah, there's really it's really hard to go back to the back now. Um, you know, just it's it's just about having that confidence and the mental ability, really in the skills you hope that you pertain to to do well. So you now, uh, now you're going to be from the front. You're yeah. ready. It is the time. It's you know it's going to happen sometime yeah. you know and might as well take this momentum and and keep on going you know so FLW has their schedule out next year you have Shasta you have Shasta Delta Clear Lake or Shasta Clear Lake Delta it's one or the other that's usually okay. how, how they do it the, so so yeah. how does the whole the whole thing if you win that you move on to the next 
It's all, yeah, I mean, uh, so the way it kind of works, I believe, and, and things are kind of changing in the whole bass fishing term yeah. world right now. The, it's no longer FLW. They call it like the big five or something. It's a little gray, and I'm not quite sure how exactly it's all panning out, but if you place within like top five points in the standings, uh, then you then get invited to the tour. And then I, I think this is how it's going, but I'm not sure. It's a little gray. And then from the tour, you place within a certain amount, and then you get invited to the MLF format. You know, or if you don't want to go down that route, like Brian Smith is fishing uh, a, a whole different circuit, uh, Professional Fishing League, mm-hmm. I believe is what it's called. Sorry if I hacked that. Um, but there's also like the Bassmaster Opens. You know, they don't have Western Series, unfortunately, but they have the Central and the East and and, and, all, all, and all that. And if you place, uh, you know, top five. In Are the, you going to fish the Opens as well? Uh, I'll, I'll pro- I'm will i going to try to fish the one Bass Opens, you know, the... Uh, which is at uh, Lake Havasu in February. Yeah. Then you got uh, Clear Lake in April, and then you have the uh, the U.S. Open at Lake Mead. Which the U.S. which the Opens are fun. They're a different format. It's like if you and I got paired together on day one, we're a team. If you catch five ten pounders behind me, we're fist bumping because I I got. Oh, uh, so the the, the 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 uh, Western Bass Opens are combined weight yeah the, okay. uh, the western outdoor news yeah okay. the western outdoor the ones yeah they're combined weight okay and so like if we caught 20 pounds It'd you go combined it yeah then you take your 20 to your day two and i take mine to my as well oh, okay so yeah. it's not the same as just being all it's not the you. same no so you'd rather do the uh, mlf style i don't know i don't know, they, know? They, they both have their pros and cons you know um a lot of guys, some some guys are purists. And they want to they want to fish against their their field and the back seat back skiers fish against theirs. And then some guys want to do the whole team style format. It's some guys like them both. Some like one or the other. It all depends. Yeah, yeah. So then the next would be to to be on the pro tour. The whole that's your your goal. I I don't know. I don't know. Really, you know, I fishing is. I, I try to keep it fun, you know, like, cause it's the only, it's, it sounds cliche, but fishing, whether it's salt, whether it's fresh, it's the only thing that I know that is certain. I will always like fishing, you know, uh, it's not a, it's not really a hobby to me. It's, you know, I've been doing, you feel of, like, you feel like it'll you know, turn you off if you, if you, if you try to make it a job, it might. And you, you don't know, want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. You know, like maybe if there is, maybe if there was some middle ground, you know, maybe if I was in a position financially, whether I had income coming in, uh, where I didn't have to rely off cashing and check to pay my, my, my mortgage, you know, and then that becomes so stressful, you know, and, and you got, you, you have a credit card bills and that, that whole professional FLW or what, the big five or MLF or the elites, whatever it might be called. It is big money. I got, I have a couple of friends. I fish it. You know, I talked to them about it as far as their expenses go and everything else. Yeah, and, I can't imagine. Um, my good buddy, miles, Howe, he, he is from San Juan Capistrano here. He, he'd be a great guy to have, but he's been fishing the tour for, for four years now. Wow. You know, I think the entries are five grand a tournament and there's seven tournaments plus gas plus. Yes. <laughs> They want thirty five grand up front, so thirty five thousand or however you know thirty thirty to forty grand up front, and then of course you have everything else to to do, and then you're gone. So like you know you're away from the family, you're away from your job, you know, which that's you know. So what do you do for a living? Uh, I work for a yacht charter company. Okay. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, it's as a I, captain. No, I'm actually part of their sales and, oh, wow. uh, and, and marketing side. So you get a little bit of time off if you needed. Yeah, it. They're, they're pretty cool with that. You have a yeah. wife and kids too. No, it's a single guy, man. Oh man, it's easy money. Yeah. Go be a pro. I, you got no yeah. kids, bro. Yeah. 
<laughs> no kids. Um, but uh, no, but I get yeah. what you're saying about uh, about loving. You want to make sure you love it. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. you you don't want to change something because you're you're not going to fall in love with it. I could relate to that even with like this podcast is like, well, this whole thing. What did I start it for? Well, I started it to to have fun, to meet you, to hear your yeah. story. To listen to you like you know yeah. like a, another person would, like get involved in your story. That was my whole thing, and I, I know. But I get yeah. what you're saying by like if you make it a full time job, it's like you could definitely lose the love for that. There are guys out there that have been uh, successful doing it, you know, especially from the West Coast. You yeah, know, Brent Ayler, Justin Lucas, yeah. Skeet Reese, and things like that. Um, Cody Meyer, he's now in Idaho, but. Uh, you know, those guys have found a way to do it, you know, and if I find a way, then, then great, you know, but I'm not going to put a whole lot of pressure on it, you know, a whole lot of, uh, you know, a whole lot of heat on that. But, uh, yeah, you know, like keep it yours, you know, whether, you know, it, it's just fishing is the only thing that I know, you know, uh, jobs will come and go, this or that will come and go relationships, so on and so forth. I always got that, you know, and, uh, it's a precious thing to me. I'm very fortunate that I have, uh, I, I, I can find, you know, joy, I guess, in both sides of it, you know, um, you know, so I'm, you know, these, these big blue, big giant bluefin out here. Yeah. You kidding me? You know, I caught for the past five summers. I've, I've been chasing my first 200 pound bluefin. Finally got it. You know, it's, it's, you yeah. know, it's the hunt, you know, um, you know, it's the same thing that went with, with, with the tournament trails. I'm fortunate enough to have both sides of it. I, you know, I, I keep it actually pretty tight to my chest. Of course, I have social media just like everybody else, you know, and, and all and all that kind of fun stuff. But I don't really tell anyone about it. You know, it's, you know, it's a tight club. It's almost like a, you know, it's almost like a fight club. I mean, first rule of fight club, don't talk about a fight club. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, not, right. not that fishing's that way, but it's... Uh, it kind of is because you, you don't want to blow spots up, dude. <laughs> it's, you know, but... You go and you talk to, let's just say, like your wife's friends or whatever. You're at a party, or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're wearing your kelp shirt. Yeah, you're wearing your, you know, what's that? You know, it's like, it's like, this is, you know, what's that? What's that? Is a, you know, my life. It's like a whole lifestyle. It's, you know, it's like this gigantic world that, like, I can tell you about. But you know, it's just something that we're that we've always done. You know, it's something that we'll all, I'll, I'll always do, you know, what a great outlook on like how to think yeah. about that as like a, I felt like it's can, I've told people like it's connected me with like, that's I've been at my kid's school and I had my kid pretty young. I was like 22 and I would connect with the grandpas cause I had like a bass pro show mm-hmm. hat on or something. I'd be like, I wouldn't talk to anyone. And then I'd see your grandpa and be like, Oh shit. And he'd be like, that's bro. You fish. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And it's a way for connection. And it's like a different, whole different yeah. set of people. Because you could fish with someone that's 20, someone that's 15, someone that's 65, mm-hmm. and you guys are all going to enjoy it the same, you know? So it's kind of like... It is, you know, and, um, you know, and I, I've, growing up through the, the sport fishing world, I have hung out with a lot of older people, you know, older guys and crusty old sport fishing yeah, guys, right. crusty, you know, <laughs> grew up, grew up kind of fast, you know, but, um, you know, it's... It's a it's a brotherhood. It's a mentality, if you would, uh, you know. And I just kind of keep it close to my chest. But but then again, like there might be a kid out there, you know. That's that's why I don't mind. Like here's why I caught him on. I don't care. You know, guys are like oh, you're telling all your secrets. It's like I don't I don't care. And you know, if you 
you know, I'm sorry if you might have a little problem with it. Like some guy wrote like on one of my pages, it's like, oh, you, you, you expect us to believe that you really got second place, you know, throwing eight pound tests and drop shots. And like, we don't believe that, you know, I'm like, we don't believe it. You yeah. Know? Um, but I hope there's some, I hope there's some kid out there and they're way better than you and I at, at social media and all yeah. that and all, and all that kind of stuff. I can't even like update my, my iPhone. <laughs> I hope some kid out there saw, you know, like, here's what this guy was using. And instead of going through the struggle, you know, of learning how to fish, because that, that individual may not be as lucky as I was, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I fully understand that I, I got lucky having, having the, the privilege and the dad that I had, uh, take me fishing and got me into a bass club that I met a tournament that I met a guy who worked on sport fishing. It's just like, I fully recognize that, you know, I, uh, I'm extremely lucky, lucky. I, ha- I always try to keep that humbleness, like super tight. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. Don't forget like where you can't kind of came from. I hope there's some kid out there that may not have, may not have the, the opportunity, uh, to spend as much time in the water, maybe as some, as some of us can and see, and the fast track comes a little quicker to them, mm-hmm. you know, as far as technique goes, instead of going out there and blanking and not catching something and then putting the rod away in the corner for a month, he catches something. Yeah. Go gets fired up, gets fired up. Has his mom drop him off at Woodbridge like like my mom used to, <laughs> right? Uh, and wants to go back there and keep on, keep yeah, on going. Yeah. And you know, fishing can keep you, especially as a younger a younger kid, younger teen. You know, it can keep you on a a better path maybe than maybe a path that isn't so good. No, I agree. So that's a great message to have, man. And uh, I appreciate you coming on and telling your whole story, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Uh, let's plug your sponsors. Yeah, man, I don't got many, you know, it's all right. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind. I don't, I don't, have a, I don't have a term in Jersey blasted or anything. I got Angler's Marine. Yes. Uh, they are located in Anaheim. Uh, fantastic family owned, family ran uh, company. Uh, they sell Ranger bass boats, Tritons, Trackers, Nitros. Uh, they sell all the top of the line bass boats for sure. And they also have pre-owned boats. Mm-hmm. I understand that we all cannot afford, I can't afford a $90,000 bass <laughs> boat, you know? So if you're looking for a pre-owned boat as well. Yes. Those guys got fantastic pre-owned boats coming in. They do a full service checkout on them, uh, compression. They go through the entire thing to make sure that your rig is going to be operating correctly. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're looking for a new used pre-owned boat, go and go see those guys. If you need parts or tackle, a full tackle store over there. Um, I do have a deal with uh, Seaguar Fishing Line, you know, and, uh, you know, some of the best fluorocarbon or, or monofilament. And I, yeah. that tournament, I used uh, eight pound tatsu. You know, I know it's, I know it's expensive. You know, I, I just get the small 200 yard spools, keep it cheap, you know, and, uh, also Mercury Outboards, uh, just a fantastic motor. Um, you know, they have the new process four stroke out. That thing's bad. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's it, man. And, uh, it's been great, great being here. And thanks so much yeah, for having thanks me for on, coming man. on. When, where can they yeah. see your Instagram if they want to follow uh, you? Big Tom Fishing. There you go. Uh, Tom White Jr. on Facebook. Um, yeah, it's a salt and freshwater guy that just likes to fish, man. That's it. Awesome. Thanks again yeah. for coming on, bro. I appreciate sure. it. Yeah.